There you can say amen. And we're going to start reading actually in verse number 17. And uh, I'm going to go down to verse number 19 in 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And it reads, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, God, once again, God, that we can sit and listen to your word. Father God, you said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never, ever pass away. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are speaking today, Lord God. You're still speaking today. You're God of the living, not the dead. You are concerned with our financial situation. God, you are concerned that we are well cared for, that our families are well cared for, that, Father God, that you get the glory. And so, Father, help us today. God, we're eager to learn. Father, we're eager to grow. For, Lord, we understand and we know, Father God, that, Father, if we take heed to your word, our life will never be the same. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. amen. You can be seated in our God's presence. Well, this is a final installment right before we kick off our Easter series in a couple of weeks. I do believe that we have Youth Sunday next week. Um, but uh, we have been in a series entitled Money Matters. Uh, by way of recap, for some of you who may not have uh, been here or have listened to the other messages, we first talked about the fact that God owns it all. So we dug into the Word of God and we realized that we are stewards of God's resources. In fact, we thought there was a huge deal that we come to a place where we can say that our money belongs to God. So in that particular message, uh, we were called to remember that it all belongs to God and that God will, we will have to someday give an account for our stewardship. We also talked about kingdom priority in the preceding week. We dealt with how that we are to put God first. Jesus said to seek first the kingdom, and he said all these things, everybody say things, will be added unto you. And so we talked about the fact that when we keep God first, everything else falls into place. Last week, we dealt with the issue of contentment. Everybody say contentment. Contentment is something that, is, uh, that we all have to learn to do. The Apostle Paul said that I have learned how to be content in whatever state I find myself. How many of you can identify with that? It's a learning process. Because until we can really learn how to be content, then we'll find ourselves sometimes making foolish financial decisions. And so we, find, we have to learn to find our satisfaction in him. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. So as I said before, uh, I kicked off this series a few weeks ago. I never designed, designed this series to be something of a gimmick or just another way to try to get you to feel good to, uh, to put money into the offering plate. I hope that you've been here long enough, for those who have, to know me better than that. I am a man of God that happens to care deeply about you. I care that you are healthy uh, in your soul, in your spirit, and yes, financially. 
We understand that there are many people that are having all kinds of hardships, all kinds of trials, all kinds of difficulties because their financial health situation is not very good. And so we can ignore the elephant in the room or we can go ahead and say, you know, Lord, help us. So my, my, my job here this morning is not to just give you some information or, or, or just something to just kind of uh, make you feel good, but to really give you some practical things that you can do to get yourself back to financial prosperity, financial health. How many know that the Bible says that Christ has set us free? The Bible says for freedom, Christ has set us free. He says in that particular verse, I believe it's Galatians chapter 5, he says, don't again be entangled with the yoke of bondage. How many know that it's not God's will for you to be bogged down in debt, that you be depressed because of debt? It's not God's will that you're ducking and you're hiding and you're running from creditors because you can't figure out how to deal with this thing. How many know it's not God's will that you be oppressed financially? It's not God's will. But yet, time and time again, some of God's people, we're sitting here every week and we're having trouble sometimes in our marriages. One of the number one reasons why there is such marital problems is because of the issue of how to handle finances. So, so we want to be people that, that deal with that. How many know we got to deal with it? We got to deal with it. Christ set us free. I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy my freedom. I don't want to give back the enemy my freedom. I don't want to be a slave to the dollar bill. I don't want to be a slave to debt. How many know debt is a hard taskmaster? Oh, he's a hard. He'll trouble you at night. He'll keep you up in the midnight hour. He'll trouble you while you're driving down the road. He will trouble you when you're trying to come to church. He will trouble you while you're sitting up in the church. Debt is a hard taskmaster. Terrible. And today, we want to take the bull by the horn and say, no more. No mas. No more. That means we have to change, Roberto Duran. Some of you don't, don't know who that is, but. He said, no more. So some of you have been around for a while, you know what that means. So financial freedom is really being free. Here it is. To give and invest our money in the things that have eternal worth. It's being free, listen to this, to serve the purposes of God and enjoy it. <laughs> it's, not be, it's about not being a slave to anything but God. Oh, no, man, nothing but to love. Amen. I want you to be free. Now, I'm going to give you some keys this morning to financial freedom. Now, before you check out on me, I, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Hear me well. The Bible says don't just be hearers of the word, but be what? I can stand up here and I can preach a sermon. I can talk biblical issues, I can dig in, I can share with you, but you know that until you come to a place in your life where you say, Lord, speak to me, thy servant hears, let me know nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. I'm going to share some principles with you this morning. Listen to me, particularly those who are struggling with financial issues. 
particularly those. I'm going to share some principles with you this morning because I care about you. I'm not, in, I'm not interested in entertaining you and getting you to shout hallelujah. I want you to be well. I want you to really have something to shout about. Yeah, you can clap. That's okay. I want you to really have something to shout about. So if we apply the principles which are biblical, if we apply the principles, guess what? You're going to be on your way to financial health and prosperity. Listen to me. I don't make this. I don't do this often. Hear this. I promise. I promise. I believe God's word. Did anybody believe God's word? So I'm going to share a principle with you. I'm not, just going to, I'm not just going to stand up here and talk to you and tell you what I think and what I feel. I want to take you to the, I want you to look at the book. Listen to me. I said this a few weeks ago. How many know that, that you should never, ever just listen to me? You should dig in a book. That's why we tell you, bring your Bible and read it. I don't want you to be ignorant. I mean, no, no offense. I, don't, I do not want you to be, I am not here to pull your emotions. I want you healthy. When I say that, I mean it. I'm sick and tired of the devil mopping up God's people. Why, Pastor, you keep talking about this? Because I know what I deal with. I know what comes before me. And many of us sitting here looking healthy and well, but you are really struggling. You got a mask on it. But it's time to come out of the shadows. It's time to get delivered. It's time to get help. Keys to financial prosperity. I have 10 keys for you. Number one. If you got a pen and pencil, I want you to write these down because I want, them to be, I want them to be something you go back and refer to. I want them to be life-changing for you. Keys to financial freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. That's what you want. How many know that God's word is freedom? <laughs> you, you ever notice that every time, everything in the world that promises you freedom, it really puts you on lockdown. You ever notice that? The devil tells you the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, to go enjoy yourself. Do whatever makes you feel good. Don't believe that. Do not do, not do whatever makes you feel good. Don't live your life that way. The devil promises you freedom, but until you really apply the principles of God, you'll find yourself being trapped. Keys to financial freedom. Number one, here are some keys. Some of this, this uh, let me just say this before I drop them on you. This message is meant to be a culmination, pretty much, of everything we talked about in recent weeks. So, for example, if you've missed some of our teachings on this, then this message will be somewhat of a snapshot, although it will give you some fresh perspective today and how to handle the resources that God has given us to steward over. Number one, we need to support your local church with your tithes and your offerings. Everybody say tithes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't do this. Y'all going to have to help me. You're going to have to help me. Listen, listen to me. You're going to have, listen, we got to come to a place when we are excited about supporting the things of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and what? All these things. How many of you really believe that? That's a promise. I didn't make it. God said it. So you want to, number one, the first key to financial freedom, this is the first key, is support your local church with your tithes and your offering. See, one of the things that tithing does, or giving God your offerings, is it's a reminder who owns it all. How many know that every time you look at, every time you get paid, if the very first thing you do is you write God his, how many know that that's a reminder? 
Every time you do that, that's like, that's a reminder. Because how many know that we are a forgetful people? We do. We forget, don't we? So I, I don't know about you. I need a reminder. And after all, if I tithe, he said he'll bless me. And, and that's, that's good enough for me. And somewhere I read, he says he'll pour out the windows of uh, heaven that there might not be room enough for me to receive. That's called overflow. That's called blessing. That's called I want to be right there. You can argue about tithing. You can fuss with it. You can have your bib. Don't come debate me about tithing because I'm going to look at you like you're crazy and keep stepping. Because this is for those who want to be blessed. Because, see, see, how many know that when you keep God first, everything else starts to get in line? How many know that the problem with many of us in our finances is God hasn't been first? Let's be honest. Come on. God hasn't been first. And therefore, the whole thing is under siege. But when we keep God first, then how many know that God will bless? How many know that the church is Jesus' idea? He said in Matthew 16, 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. How many know the church is not God's idea? See, the church is the place where Jesus established for the people of God to come, to gather together. And like in Ephesians 4, 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How many know that this place should be a healing bed? It's an, it's, the church is an expression of God's love. And the church is to be supported by God's people. How many know that when you keep them first way, God's going to look after your stuff? How many of you believe that? Yeah. It's a place for the hurting. It's a place for the wounded. It's a place to find purpose and significance. It's the place that God himself, Jesus, created. And so we ought to first support your church with your local tithing and your offerings. Number two, here's another. If you want to be financially free, Look at this. Give, learn to give to the poor. Everybody say give. Yeah. To the poor. Proverbs 19:17 says this. Listen to this. Whoever is generous to the poor, listen to this, church, lends to the who? Say it nice and loud. And he will repay him for his deeds. Isn't that amazing? Hear this. Listen to me. God cares deeply for the poor. You go back and you just were to get your concordance and you just were to study poor and see how many times it's in the Bible. It is riddled. It's all over the scripture. God cares for the poor. When Jesus came and delivered his message, he came to the poor, to the oppressed, to the downtrodden. And God said it. God said that if you give to the poor, it's like you're lending it to me. Figure out a way to be generous. In fact, look at this. Proverbs 21, 13 says, whoever shuts up his ears to the cry of the poor, listen to this, will also cry himself and not be what? Heard. How many know God is serious about the poor? We give to the poor through our local church, but we also should learn to just be, to, 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 to use opportunity, to, to make a, a Good use of opportunities that God brings before us. How many know that if we're really looking, there's always an opportunity to help somebody? 
I'm, I'm trying to teach you principles here to freedom. Giving to the poor is something God loves. God says, you'll lend to me. How many, how many of you would like for God to lend it to you? <laughs> he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Proverbs 22.9 says this. He who has a generous eye, everybody say eye, will be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. Think about that. He said a generous eye. That means that you are looking for opportunities to be a blessing to the downtrodden and those that are hurting. Now I want you to think, when the next, now how many know that you can't, you can't take care of all the poor? Everybody know that. You can't help everybody. But when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you know when he speaks, don't go running in the opposite direction. And listen, and don't try to ask a whole bunch of questions about how you got to be poor. When Jesus came and ministered to the poor, he just helped them. He helped them. He didn't try to give them a temple. Can we say, you know, I'm not saying you should be reckless, you should be foolish, but we should look for opportunities to give to the poor. God loves it. It is God's heart. That's biblical. And everybody say amen to that? Amen. amen. Number, number three, look at this. Practice random acts of sharing. Random acts of sharing. Luke 6.38 says this. Give and it will be given to you. Watch this. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, get this, it will come back to you. See, how many know that God is a giver? God so loved the world that he did what? Gave. Don't you know that his children are supposed to be that way too? Stinginess is not a Christian principle. Well, Pastor, you understand, I had nothing in life. And Listen, you need to get rid of a stingy attitude if that's you. Be a giver. In fact, there's a woman in my neighborhood, and her name is Kathleen. And uh, I don't know anything about her spiritual condition. We haven't quite gotten that far yet. But every single time that I see that woman and everybody else to see her, she's always giving something. Y'all know, know anybody like that? I mean, every time I check, she's giving. I mean, it's like you can't pass her house unless she's just giving. I mean, giving something, her time, her resources, cupcakes. I mean, and so this woman, my wife, you know what I'm talking about. She just, like, this woman is off the hook with giving. But then one day she lost her little dog. She had a little chihuahua. I call those little demons. But she had a little, I'm sorry, but anybody got chihuahua, so. I'm sorry. Forgive me. So. My sister got one of those. I, I hate them. They, they're just mean. Napoleon complex, all that. So, so she lost a little chihuahua. And, uh, and you know, when everybody in the neighborhood found out that Miss Kathleen lost her chihuahua, Boy, everybody just joined the guy. And boy, it was the APB. Everybody in the neighborhood. We got to help Miss Kathleen. Why? Because Kathleen was a giver. And it came back to her. You know what? They found that dog. And how I many know chihuahuas ain't that big? <laughs> so we need to be people that practice random acts of kindness. You should be a giver. In fact, I grew up in in churches and in the Holiness Pentecostal Church, and one of the things they used to have, they used to have these things called a holy handshake. Anybody ever hear of a holy handshake? Some of y'all know what that is. 
But a holy handshake is when you just come to somebody and you just shake their hand and you put some money in it. It's called a holy handshake. So you never know what happens when you come to church. You get blessed. It's another movie. Amen. A holy handshake. And so, so what, we, what, what we were doing was it was random acts of kindness. In other words, I'm, listen, I want our people just to be givers. You know, the first, listen, when God blesses you and he's going to bless you, don't just think about yourself. Think about, God, you just gave me a raise and a bonus. How can you just a little bit to bless somebody else? God loves that. You know, that's the spirit of our daddy. Acts, Acts says this. I believe Paul said in the book of Acts, he said that it's more blessed to give than to receive. The devil says this. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. God says, give it, give it, give it, give it, give it. And some of you are sitting there going like this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The blessing, listen, the blessing is in the giving. The blessing. See, even rich people figure this out. People that got a lot of money, they figure out after a while, ain't but so much you can buy. <laughs> ain't but so much you can do. After you do all that you want to do, then what's next? Because we were made to be givers. We were not designed to be stingy. And how many know that if you have been redeemed, well, Pastor, I only make X amount of dollars a year. Listen, stop making excuses. You can give a proportionate to what you make. You may not can give $200. You may can give somebody a dollar. You may can bless somebody with 50 I don't know. You figure it out. But all of us should be givers. Giver frees you. The one way to know that your money don't have control of you is give it away. That's the one. I mean, people to get real fit. That's why we say, you know, we, we, and here we go. We say it's time for the offering. And you go. Woo! Now, y'all can do better than that. It's time for the offering. You go. Woo! All right. So, so why do we do that? We do that because giving is not a chore for us. We really joy. The Bible says God loves a what? Cheerful. I don't know about you, but I got revelation now. I know what I'm supposed to do. Be a giver. Be known as a giver. Go to your neighbor. Give them some cookies. Go cut somebody's grass. Go just random acts of kindness. Just figure out a way to be a blessing to somebody else and watch it boomerang back on you. Oh, y'all hearing that this morning? Number, number four. We got ten of these. I got to go. Number four. Here's another. You want to be financially free? Hear this. Pursue God and not the money. Let me say that again. Pursue God and not the money. Hmm. How many know that, I said this last week, there's no scripture in the Bible that encourages you to get rich. There's no scripture in the Bible that encourages you just to go get money for the sake of just getting money. How many know there's a lot of people today, are y'all listening to me say amen? There's a lot of people today that are in locations, that are in jobs and places that they don't even like. Hear me. I'm going to talk real good to you. This will help you. Because you know why they went there or they took that job? It was because it, it was money. So wherever the money is, that's why I go. You got to raise me? I'm running over here. Never once do we stop and say, Lord, hold up. Hold up, God. 
What do you want me to do? You see, I, 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 I might have mentioned this before, but they did a study in a university, 10 years, 10 folks, 10 different people that pursue money, 10 different people that, that just kind of follow their heart and follow their passions and their giftings. They found out after 10 years the people that follow their heart and follow their gifting actually was not only healthier, but they made more money in the end. I believe there's a lot of God's people that are misplaced because they've been moving by money and not by the spirit. Now, for some of you, you never heard that before. But what I simply mean is we need to be people that first ask God, God, first of all, you need to figure out why God put you on this earth. See, there's a lot of people right now. How many know that if you have a lot of money, but you don't have purpose, you're in trouble? Money or purpose, which one do you want? There are a lot of people that got plenty of money, but they got no purpose. Well, I know because I, I'm a policeman, so I've seen people commit suicide who have a lot of money. In McLean area, Virginia, in rich Fairfax County, is a high rate of suicide. These are people that got much money, a lot of it. Why are you hanging yourself from a tree? Why are you committing suicide? Because they have money and no purpose. We ought to know better than that. I mean, we ought to seek God. We seek God, and then we seek, we seek the money to fulfill the purpose by which God put me on the planet. You see the difference? Seek God. That's wisdom for somebody. Because some of you right now say, well, I don't know. I came here just because of the money. God, listen, God is graceful. God understands. But I'm trying to take you out of a certain mindset because I don't want you to be a slave to the dollar. The dollar is a tool. The dollar is a tool. It's not your master. That's why the Bible said don't love money. Money is a tool to fulfill the purposes of God for my life. Because if I'm a Christian, I've given my life to him. My whole life, belong, how many of you say, my whole life belongs to Jesus? How many of you really would say that? My life, if your life belonged to him, then follow him. Follow the spirit and not the buck. If you follow the spirit, God will get the buck to you. He says, seek first the kingdom. I'll get it to you. Don't be like everybody else, stuck in a position, in a job. Because, you know, when you're miserable, you do crazy stuff because you become unhappy. You're unsatisfied. Then you start buying, spending money on stuff that you think can make you happy. And then there's more problem, more problem, because you're not happy. You can't figure out why you're not happy. It's because you're not doing what God put you on the planet to do. That's a word for somebody. It's a strong word. I felt like that was prophetic. Number five. Everybody say, live within your means. I'm not very good in math. Uh, in fact, I waited, when I was in college, I, I, I purposely tried to avoid math. And I waited till my, you know when you go to college, you have to take your first year, you have to take some basic courses. I waited till my senior year before I had to take that basic math course. And the little bit I knew, I didn't know that. I was, I was, I was in that, because I, I had to graduate from college. I, I got a fast class. it was a little algebra class. Pastor Bill was struggling. But let me say this. I ain't much on numbers. I'm not all that smart when it comes to numbers like some of you. But, you know, if I, if I make $50,000, but my expenses is $80,000, I might have a problem. 
I ain't too bright now. I just told you I'm not too bright. But if I'm only making 50 and my expenses are around 80, I got a problem. See, some of us, let's be honest, we, we live outside of our means because, watch this, covetousness. Everybody say covetousness. Oh, y'all don't want to preach. Y'all don't want to preach with me this morning. He said, he, I'm going to bring it. You know, y'all get quiet like that. I get stronger. You know, it's like giving Popeye spinach, baby. You get quiet. I, you know. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. In other words, live within your means. Don't go, listen, don't go buy something that you know you cannot afford. We need to establish our priorities. What are my financial priorities? And then, and then, and then, and I mean, no, what I got is what I got. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't seek more, but I mean, no, if what you got is what you got. If one day you want to make a lot more money, but you're only making 35000 then you got what you got. How about let's live your life within the balance of $35,000 a year? But most of us are like, oh, no, that devil is a liar. I'll work too hard for my money. I want some night. I want my stuff now. I don't want to wait till I have to get to heaven and walk on the gold street. I want my stuff now. Give me my stuff. I want it now. We did say, Pastor, that he's a right now God. Uh, twist up the scriptures. Take me all out of context. <laughs> Live within your means. It's a simple. It's not rocket science. Some of us right now, you're scared to go home right now. I double dare, go home. And then, then just figure out how much money you make here. Now, this is a great time because some of y'all got to pay the IRS. Anybody, any witnesses in? He coming up on you, isn't he? The tax man cometh. He cometh for some of you. Look at how much money you make versus how much money you're bringing in. And if your expenses are way above that, you got to make some changes. Or, or the debt master going to be your, he's going to wear you out. And every time somebody says something about you about an offering, your <laughs> Talk to me about that. Church is all about my money. That's what happens to some people. Why? Because, because we've been beaten up. But until you make, I mean, no, I, listen, I know, I know what they tell you on TV. Just send in the thousand in debt cancellation. I'm telling you the best way to cancel your debt. Pay it off. Amen. Pay it off. With, listen to me. Which I think the next one. Ah, oh, that's not the next one. Pay it off. Now, God will have mercy on you. God, perhaps, if you ask him, God will cause the creditors to have mercy. But how many know that we don't want to live that way? Let's start living within the balance that God has set for us. Why? Because you want to be a wise steward. Can you say amen to that? Can we agree with that? If you want to be free, live within your means. Listen, just because Pastor Bailey driving a Jaguar don't mean you can afford to drive one. I don't drive a Jaguar, by the way. Just because somebody else live at 1555 Prosperity Avenue don't mean you can live at 1555 Prosperity Avenue. Your avenue might be Ghetto Street. I don't know. But if that's what gets a lot, then take what's yours. And be thankful. Be content. Everybody say content. In whatever state you find yourself. All right. Number six. Avoid, listen to me, hasty financial decisions. 
Proverbs 21.5 says this. Listen to this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty, watch this, surely to poverty. Anybody ever, ever, ever had a chance to, uh, to meet these timeshare folks? You know, timeshare, you know, anybody know about, you know, uh, you know, they try to get you to want to buy one, try to get you to buy the product. You know how, you know how they do you. They got like 15 different people you got to go through. You, you got to say no 15 different, you got to say no double 15. I mean, you got to say no, 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 no. Because you know why? Because they are trained. They, 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 the statistics bear it out. Here's what they do. They know that if you go home without making the purchase, and you put on your reasonable cap, and you think about it, more than likely you ain't going to do it. The, the, the stats show that you got to get them to buy it. Today. How many know they don't care about your financial condition? In fact, they want you to just see how beautiful it is. That's why the car, that's why the guy that sells you a nice car, come on, sit in the car. Have a, I ain't sitting in your car, man. No, I don't want you want to drive it. I ain't even, you know, if you know you're weak, don't even get up in the car. Because you know they're going to pressure you. Why? Because they want to get you to make a hasty decision. And many of us are in a situation, we just say, I'm going to buy now, pay later, worry about it later, but today I'm going to enjoy myself. And then you realize you wake up one day and here he is standing over you. Good morning, get up. No, stay down. In fact, stay in bed all day. Don't worry about nothing else. Here he is, the debt master. You see what he does to you? He wants, the enemy wants, everything about the devil, I've learned this. Everything about the devil is quick, fast, and in a hurry. Here's what I've learned. Get into a habit of doing this. If you're going to make a financial decision, particularly one that's going to cost you a little bit of money, if it's, if it's really from God, then say, uh, let me pray about it, and I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, let me sleep on that. And don't listen to what I, let me go sleep on it. I bet you. Now, if you can go sleep on it, that means that you, went, you actually thought about it, and more than likely, it may be a good decision for you. But if you go sleep on that thing and you start looking at stuff and say, the, the numbers ain't adding up. And a lot of people, the numbers don't add up, but they don't find that out until after they made the purchase. And then how many know it's too late? Amen. Oh, somebody say it's too late. Too late. Too late. How many know this is, this is good stuff? This is going to help you. So don't make hasty decisions. In fact, here's number seven. Pray and plan your spending. Everybody say plan. plan. The Bible says, Proverbs 21.5, still that same verse. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. See? And don't you love the word of God? See, I'm a, plan, I'm a planner because I believe God's a planner. He said the plans of the diligent will lead you to plenty. How many of you want plenty? Plans. Plan your spending. Think about it. You know, my wife and I, uh, we've, been, uh, we've been planning a vacation. You know, I believe that everybody should take a vacation. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I believe you should, you should take some time and enjoy yourself. Isn't that right, Brother Walter? I had to jump all over him when we went to Florida. I said, Brother, you better do it. Uh, but how me know that it's wise to make sure that you don't go in debt for your vacation. Amen. Listen to me. So my wife and I, we've been 
paying for our vacation for this year since last summer. Because if I wanted to try to do it now, I couldn't afford it. So you know what I did? I just sit down, I plan. I said, okay, we're going to give X amount. And this is what we do. So when it comes time for us, we're going to go. And you know, because I don't know, how many know that God adds a blessing to it with no sorrow with it? So listen, get in the habit of planning your spending. Just sit down. If you want that big screen TV, that 60-inch, which you really don't need all that, but, you know, unless you plan on having some people at your house, right? Come on. Unless you plan on being a blessing to somebody else, then, hey, go for it. Can I come watch it? <laughs> I promise you, I'll show up at your door. Got my new TV, high def. But look, if you want to get that, listen, if you don't have the money, don't get it on credit, because every time you buy someone credit, in most cases, it means that you don't have the money to pay for it. So get in the habit of walking around with cash. I know this is hard word, isn't it? <laughs> y'all not, not receiving it. But you'll get it, you'll get it in the by and by. You'll get it in the by and by, I promise you. So pray and plan your spending. In other words, ask God. God, can I? After all, it's his money, right? I mean, after all, it is. So ask him. Plan. Pray. And how many know if you want to get out of debt, you got to plan your way out? Sit down and look at it. Look, you know, I mean, this is the next one, number eight. You want to get financially free. For those of you who made some bad financial choices, here's number eight. Confront the debt monster. Confront. How many know, how many like David? How many like David in the Bible? You remember David fought Goliath? Everybody else was chicken, right? And David come up here. David says, who are you? Going to taunt the armies of the living. Who are you? Man, I'm going to chop your head off and I'm going to give your head to the fowls of the air. Today, everybody going to know that there's a God in Israel. How many of you know that, listen, the Bible says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. How many of you know that just by running for, how many know if the credit, listen, if the creditor call you, don't send your kids to the phone and say, tell them I ain't home. Because now you made two bad, you did two bad things. Bad financial management and you got the kids lying for you. Some of y'all are laughing. Y'all need to be repenting. That's what y'all need to be doing. All right. So, so how many know we got to confront the debt monster, right? So you know what? I just got, you know, I'm not going to run no more. I'm going to call. Listen, I'm going to answer the phone, and I'm going to beg for mercy if I need to. Do whatever you got to do. But how many know it ain't going to go away? The debt monster ain't going to leave. The creditor ain't going to leave until you turn around and say, let's sit down and let's deal with this right now. I'm going to stop running. I'm going to deal with this problem. Today, I'm going to get free. I'm going to figure out a plan to cut your head off. I'm going to stop running. Everybody say, stop running. How many know that if you're a person of integrity, that's the way we need to think? And church said amen to that? So we need to confront the giant. For some of us, you just need to confront it. Number nine. Here's another way. We're going to be financially free. Listen to this. These two, everybody will love. Especially the last one, number 10. You understand what I mean in a moment? 
But how many know that, number nine, we need to care for the needs of our family? You know, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Look at this. But if any, this is some strong language. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he had denied the faith, and he is worse than an unbeliever. How many know that we have an obligation? Part of what we're supposed to do with our resources, we're supposed to take care of our family. Take care of the basic needs of life, make sure our kids are well-fed, they're educated. You know, how many know that's, that's a calling? You're supposed to do that. And there have been some people, this is, this is why I have a problem. This is just me. I know some of y'all may take issue with it, but I'll say it. You know, I'm the senior pastor of the church, but I can say some things. and Give me a little grace every now and then. This is a problem I have with casinos. I know a lot of people that go in there, money they're supposed to be using to take care of their family, they're gambling it away. They're in the slot machine, gambling away money, and, and then their family's in a bad place. How many know you ought to be smarter than that? Amen? Amen. You are called to take care. We're supposed to do that. How many know sometimes just spending your money in the right place will keep you free? <laughs> Some of y'all got to chew on that. Spending your money in the right place where you're supposed to spend it will keep you free. Just like being in the right place where you're supposed to be will keep you free. And the church said amen to that. Amen. Number 10, the last one. Listen to this. If you're going to have financial freedom, enjoy the good of your labor. Ecclesiastes 2, 4. 20, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24. Nothing is better for a man, here it is right here, than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw was from the hand of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. The hard-working farmer must first be to partake of the crops. I mean, no, God wants you to enjoy your stuff. God, listen, if anybody in here think for a moment that I had a problem with stuff, you misunderstood everything I've been talking about. You, 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 you missed it. God has no problem with you having nice things. And God has no problem with you taking a sunny vacation to Hawaii. God has no problem in you blessing yourself. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You're supposed to enjoy the good of your labor just not at the expense of the things that are most important in life. That's the key. So enjoy yourself. Take a vacation. Uh, buy that nice thing that you've been wanting. Just do it the right way. And make sure that those things don't have you. Can church say amen to that? Amen. Because after a while, you know, after a while, if you don't do anything, listen to me. After a while, if you don't do anything to help to enjoy what you're doing, you tend to get frustrated, right? You know, the labor, the time you put in, the work. Reward yourself. That's one of the gifts of God. God has given you that gift. And you shouldn't feel guilty about that. You should not feel guilty about that. Lastly, in closing, our verse that we started with, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, it says, command those who are rich in this present age to be, not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, this particular passage was directed toward the rich, but the principles 
are for everybody. How many know that he, he, I'll give you just an example, a, a couple of things he said in this particular passage. Not to be arrogant. How many know that, that we don't need to walk around? If we are blessed, we don't need to walk around, walk around like we're arrogant or better than other people. Everybody say amen to that? Because everything we got, God gave it to us. That's the way we need to act, right? So if you happen to be blessed, don't look down on nobody who don't got what you got. You be a blessing to them. You don't walk in arrogance. He said, and, and don't put your trust in money. Can the church say amen to that? Money make themselves wings and they fly away. God gives us all things to enjoy, he said. He said, let them do good. Figure out a way to do good with what God has given you. Do good with your money. Do good. Not just on December 25th. How many know that Christmas should be every day for the believer? Don't wait to do, look, you want to bless me, I'm taking orders now. You don't have to wait until the 25th. If the Lord done spoke to you, do what the Lord said. Bless me now. I'm taking it now. I ain't going to listen. I won't get offended, I promise. <laughs> Let them do good. Be rich in good works. Everybody say good works. Be rich in doing good. Oh, God. He said, ready to give. In other words, just like a, if anybody ever shoot shoot a gun, weapons, you know, we, got, we call this in, in, in police terminology, ready gun, you know. When we're a ready gun position, that means we're ready. We're just ready for anything that moves that ain't supposed to move my way to hurt me. We're ready. See, we kind of need to be that. We need to be ready to give. Be in a position where we're, see, that's where the blessing is, when you just, you're, you're in that place. God's going to show you, trust me, before, I already prayed this. I prayed this. This is what I've been praying. That God will show you where needs are around you. And for those, you have an opportunity to be blessed. God's going to show you. And do me a favor. Don't run. Just say, okay, God. I'm going to be ready to give. Willing to share. If you got stuff, be willing to share. Willing to share and store up for yourselves. Look at this. This is the main point in verse 19. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. How many of you want your money really to mean something in this world? Amen. Amen. I just gave you principles. These were solid biblical principles. That if you take these principles, these 10 things, and just begin to say, Lord, I'm going to incorporate these into my life, you'll be on your way to financial freedom. I promise. In fact, the Holy Ghost promised. So some of us need to make some changes. Some of us need to really, really be honest and say, Lord, um, I I need to deal with some things. Some of us need to deal with our debt. Some of us need to to be more of a giver. Some of us need to think less of ourselves and more of other people. Whatever God is doing in your life, respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. How many know that God loves you? And God is not going to ask you to do anything, anything. God's not going to require anything from you that's not going to harm you. If God says give, you'll be blessed, that means he fully intends to bless you. Take him at his word. Amen? Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye.